For those of you that have been here a while, those of you that are new, um, we've done a series this year called Written on Our Hearts. Um, our CTF pastors led us through that earlier this year. And basically the prompt is pretty, pretty broad, but basically just what is a scripture that God has written on your heart? And having people share about kind of their own testimony and experiences and the scripture that God has really used to shape them and draw them closer to himself. And so I'll go ahead and call it Paul, Paul Williams. Uh, yeah. I'm uh, I'm really excited to hear from him. He reached out and had a prompt that that God had written on his heart, and he shared some of it with our small group and shared it with me. And yeah, I just think he's got some really neat lessons that God has taught him over the years. And just I've seen him have a really genuine and honest heart, and so I think he's got some really cool things to share with our body this morning. So I'm going to say a prayer over him, and then I'll turn it over to him. God, I pray for Paul. Um, I just ask that you would speak through him this morning. And yeah, I just thank you for for what you've taught him these past several years and the way your spirit has been working in his heart. Um, and yeah, I ask that our body would be blessed by that, that we'd be attentive, and that your spirit would minister to us through his story and what he has to share. In Jesus' name, amen. Hello. Um, this uh, sermon, I'm going to be... the. Uh, Scripture passages I'm going to be going over is uh, Proverbs 1 through 4. And not all of those chapters, just kind of like different verses that kind of stood out to me. But this kind of all started back in the spring uh, of this year. I, I kind of felt like I was in, a, I wasn't really like reading scripture a lot. I wasn't really interacting it with a lot that with it a lot. And I kind of wanted to change that. And I also felt like I was in a place where I was like relying on my wisdom a lot and not God's wisdom, and I felt kind of lost in that way. Uh, and so I started uh, focusing on Proverbs 1 through 4, mainly just because these chapters really kind of go into, like, the nature of wisdom and, like, the nature of, like, f folly and, like, foolishness. And I really wanted to, like, be more wise, I guess. And so that's why I would just start listening to these chapters in my car, like, as I drive to work, so I'm like, what else am I going to do? Listen to... Lady Gaga, I don't know. But um, so, yeah, so, yeah, I'm just going to start with like some verses that kind of from these chapters that kind of go into what wisdom is, like how God thinks of wisdom. Uh, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, trust in the Lord with. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make straight your paths. Uh, also, uh, 7 through 8, 3, 7 through 8. Uh, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. And so, like, these two verses kind of like show wisdom isn't about our knowledge, it isn't about our experience is about relying on God and you know things just kind of go better when we rely on God instead of trusting our own reason and logic our our bodies our souls are healthier um, Proverbs uh, 1 7 the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom or sorry the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge but fools despise wisdom and instruction and then Proverbs 4, 7 through 9. Uh, the beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it cost all you have, get understanding. Cherish her, 
and she will honor you. She will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown. And so in that verse 4, 7 through 9, the author of Proverbs starts describing wisdom as a virtuous lady, uh, uh, yeah, a virtuous woman. And in different parts of these chapters, he kind of goes more into that. Uh, Proverbs 1, 20 through 27, wisdom speaks to the people of Israel. Um, so yeah, 1, 20 through 27. Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gates, she makes her speech. How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Repent at my rebuke. Then I will pour out my thoughts to you. I will make known to you my teachings. But since you refuse to listen when I call and no one pays attention when I stretch out my hand, since you disregard all my advice and do not accept my rebuke, I in turn will laugh when disaster strikes you. I will mock when calamity overtakes you, when calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind, when distress and trouble overwhelm you. And so <laughs> that's kind of intense, right? Like Lady Wisdom does not pull any of her punches. She's just, you know, wisdom is described as this matter of like life and death. Uh, a little further on in Proverbs 1, 32 through 33, still with Lady Wisdom talking, um, for the waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. So kind of transitioning from that to a little bit about me, I've, I've had lots of guilt problems in my life. I just kind of have always blamed myself when things go wrong. It's just that's just how my brain works. I don't know if that's like a Catholic thing. I was raised Catholic. I don't know exactly what it is, but um, yeah, I just kind of always put it on me. And while that sucks and it's not that fun, that self kind of self-judgment can be pretty useful in some ways. You're kind of always like aware of your flaws. You're kind of always like modifying and tweaking your behavior just so that no one, no one sees those things. No one sees those like things you don't want other people to see. And uh, yeah, that can get you pretty far. Like the pretenses, kind of like being a chameleon can really like get you far in like the world as it is, I guess. But you're not really like living. You're just kind of like, I don't know, like you can't be hurt because like nobody can like see all that bad stuff you don't want them to see. But you also like no one knows you. And it's like very lonely, right? Like. It's not, not great. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where I was. I've been getting better at being more vulnerable with people. And honestly, like most of my best friendships have started with like, we would, I would be vulnerable and they would be vulnerable with me fairly early. Just like, yeah, I started showing themselves, showing them parts of myself that I was, really scared to reveal, right? And, you know, obviously that's scary. Like, I thought, what if they reject me? What if they whatever? And they didn't, you know, thank God. Like, they didn't. Um, like, the things that I thought separated me from being a good person were actually the things that, like, brought me closer to people 
which is wild. Uh, I started learning, I guess, mercy towards myself from the mercy that others showed me. And so back to Proverbs, what does all that have to do with Proverbs? Um, yeah, so wisdom, Lady Wisdom's harsh, scathing words. Uh, let me repeat one of those. Uh, Since you disregard all my advice and do not accept my rebuke, I, in turn, will laugh when disaster strikes you. Ugh, like that, that kind of language would like really get in my head, you know, a few years ago. I just, I just kind of, my brain would always put myself into like the, the bad part. Like I'm always the part that's getting rebuked. I'm always the part that's whatever. Even if it's not necessarily super applicable to me at that time, that's just what my brain would do. And so like I always felt like I deserved that harshness. Like I deserved to be the one that Lady Wisdom was laughing at. Um, I didn't, love myself that much, and I found it kind of hard to believe that God loved me either. Um, so kind of more about my story. Uh, this past year and a half for me has been pretty wild. Uh, so in April 2021, I quit the job that I had uh, because I couldn't handle it. Uh, it was a lot. Uh, basically, uh, so I, I'm an engineer, and this company, like, uh, basically, they didn't train me very well. It was, like, this was, like, right in the middle of COVID, and so their whole training strategy was, like, be around other engineers, except none of the en other engineers are around because they're all at home. Um, and so, yeah, I wasn't learning at the rate they wanted me to learn, but they kind of, their expectations for me didn't really change at all because of the situation. And so... I can understand that now. Like, I can understand that the situation was kind of not great for me. Like, I was not, in, like, it was not set up for me to succeed. But at the time, all I saw was I'm incompetent, and that's my fault. Again, always putting the blame on myself. And that was really, really crushing. And I just felt like, oh, this is my fault, right? Um, and, you know, it, it, it just kind of, as the job wore on, I just kind of was losing energy and like the willingness to like try to change it or find a different job. And not to like get too crazy, but just, you know, there were days that I, you know, I take the dark train into work and there are days that I just look at those rails and just think about doing something not great. Um, just to kind of give you an idea of how bad it was. Um, so at this time in my life, I was like seeing a life coach and I still see that life coach. And they were kind of, you know, we're talking week over week and I'm just going in like, yeah, my job sucks. I hate it. Uh, <laughs> and they would just kind of bring up, hey, this seems like it's not getting better. Like it seems like this job is making things worse. Maybe you should think about quitting. And I was terrified of that because like I said, I barely had the energy to like just get to work, let alone be job hunting. Like I didn't want to quit without some sort of backup plan or whatever, or have a job lined up. Um, but it got to the point that, yeah, I just, I couldn't keep doing it. And so I, they coach convinced me to quit, which I did in April, 2021. And yeah, I, you know, I didn't have a job. Didn't feel very confident in myself. Uh, you know, it was my first job right out of school and just kind of fell apart. Uh, and yeah, I was just truthfully in a really bad spot. Um, and 
So I started, I took some time off. Thankfully, I had like saved up some money with that job. So I was able to like spend some time not working, but started doing yoga, started journaling, started doing meditation and like exercising regularly. All, all this crap just to try to like get myself into a better place, right? Um, and that journaling ended up turning into consistent prayer. And that was kind of when things started shifting. Also, context for this job, I didn't really have a home church. And granted, this was COVID, so like, you know, everybody's kind of doing the church from home thing, but like, I wasn't even doing that. Like, I, I hadn't, you know, in college, I had done focus stuff, but I didn't really have like a church I considered my home. Um, but yeah, I was just really defeated and I felt like I need to have people I love in my life. And, you know, I knew people like Andrew Rockwell and Dion. Wait, we're. Hi. Uh, and David Maynard. Like, I knew these guys from Focus, and I knew they loved me, and I needed to be around people I loved. So I started coming here around that time last April. Um, and so, yeah, flash forward to this year. I have a new job. It's way better, way less stressful. People will actually, like, help me do stuff, which is great. Um, I still do a lot of that self-care stuff and, like, the depression stuff is a lot, I'm managing it a lot better. Um, yeah, it's just, and like the, the, the journaling, the prayer time that I started building up really felt like the catalyst of what started bringing about these changes. Just like, I, you know, I was so crushed with fear at the time that like I just had to ask, please lift up this burden from me because I just can't. I can't do it. Like, I can't go on unless you do. And I would just ask that every day, just please lift this, because I need, I need you to. And the crazy part is that he did. Like, he did. Like, day after day, like, even now, it's just like, I just have this peace that, like, I've never really known before. And it's just, like, it, it's nothing short of miraculous, which is awesome. Um... Yeah, so kind of going back to Lady Wisdom's rebuke. Um, now knowing kind of what I know about God's generosity and God's providence in my life this past year, um, you know, I know he loves me now. Like, I know I trust that he does. And, you know, I don't necessarily deserve all the stuff he's given me. I, you, know, you know, like, he's been so, so you know, great, uh, graceful to me this past year. But, you know, maybe instead of being so harsh on myself, maybe I could like be a little nicer because he seems to care. So, um, I've started kind of like relating to myself as if I'm my own son. <laughs> like I am. So like, there's like me and then there's like little me and basically, yeah, little me, it's like, he makes mistakes, you know, he does dumb things, and yeah, like, rather than, like, getting angry with him or whatever, it's like, yeah, he's a kid. Of course he's going to do that. Of course he's going to make mistakes. And so, like, trying to have pity and compassion, it's like, it's all right, you know, you'll, you'll move on. Um, so, yeah, I kind of relate to myself as my own father, which is strange, but it works. It works. So 
that kind of leads into my favorite of the verses from Proverbs 1 through 4, uh, which is Proverbs 3, 11, and 12. Uh, is that up there? Okay, cool. Uh, my son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke, because the Lord disciplines those he loves. As a father of the son, he delights in. And so that harshness that I feared, that like, that discipline that I feared, it's not spiteful, it's not hateful, it's given out of love. Um, and you know, all throughout one through Proverbs 1 through 4, the writer kind of addresses the reader as a child, like as if he is the, the reader's father passing on instructions. Uh, some examples of that. Um, Proverbs 1, 8 through 9. Uh, Listen, my child, to your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland to grace your head and a chain to adorn your neck. Uh, Proverbs 2, 1 and 5. Uh, I don't, I kind of skipped some of the ones in the middle because it's just, it doesn't matter. Uh, my child, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. And then Proverbs 3, 1 and 2. My child, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart for they will prolong your life many years and bring you peace and prosperity. And so over and over, the, the author kind of calls us his child and is asking us to heed his advice, heed his wisdom. Um, it can almost get overwhelming. If you've like spent much time reading Proverbs or listening to Proverbs, like, you know, there's just a lot of information and a lot, sometimes it can get kind of repetitive. Um, and it kind of like, it's, it's like when you're a teenager almost and like your parents have a point they want to get across to you and they just kind of keep repeating the point to you because they think you're not listening or they, they're just like, no, 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 like, you know, you just got to keep saying it over and over again. And, you know, as a teenager, you're just like, oh, please just stop, you know, just like, I get it, I get it. Um, you know, it's like, like Ephesians 6, 4, fathers do not exasperate your children, instead bring them up and then training and instruction of the Lord, you know? So, but it's, it's weird because like the kind of browbeating, I don't know if that's the right term, but like nature of Proverbs one through four is kind of what helps me understand God's love better. So like if this wisdom is being told to us by a human writer, a human father, you know, he's imperfect. He's limited in his abilities to teach us. And you know, I recognize myself in that. It's like, I'm trying to like help little me out. And sometimes I just not patient enough with little me. Sometimes I get angry and sometimes, you know, I'm just not able to like be there for him. And sometimes the only way we know how to like communicate our point to our child or our imaginary self child is to repeat the point endlessly. We just got to keep saying it. But like, why? Like, why do we, like, what's the point of putting them through that? And the point is that we love them. Like, we love them more than we can understand. And we just want more than anything to help them not repeat the mistakes we made. Um, yeah, and so understanding the Proverbs writer as imperfect, I kind of understand why he speaks the way he does about wisdom. Uh, so Proverbs 4, 7 through 9 again. The beginning of wisdom is this. Get wisdom. Though it cost all you have, get understanding. Cherish her. 
sorry, I lost my place. And she will honor you. She will give you a garland to grace your head and present you with a glorious crown. Three, five through six. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make straight your paths. And then finally, three, eleven through 12. My child, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke because the Lord disciplines those he loves. As a father, the child he delights in. And so the writer of these verses is just screaming, like begging us, like, please take this wisdom. Please seek it out. I don't want you to make the same mistakes that I made. And, you know, our human fathers can only do so much for us. You know, at some point, their, their, their abilities to help us will run out. But the amazing thing about God is that he will never run out of patience. He'll never run out of understanding. He's never going to browbeat you until you're beyond exasperated. He's never going to make you tired of his, the weight of his expectations. He's a good dad, which is awesome. And if his rebuke feels harsh, if it feels too strict, know that he loves you more than any human father or mentor or coach ever could. You know, the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, the child he delights in. And so, you know, the best athletes in the world will seek out the best coaches to teach them, right? The smartest people go to the places where all the learning is because they want to learn more. And, you know, in our world, our young people are dealing with, uh, you know, crappy online educations where, like, they barely learn anything. Our young people are seeking out advice from podcast hosts and YouTube people and Reddit, God forbid. And so, like... <laughs> Our young people sorely need wise instructors, right? We need men and women who will teach us the truth, even if it hurts, not out of spite, but out of love. Um, and I see so much wisdom in our body, but I also see a lot of people in need of it. Uh, so I guess my challenge, I guess, is if you don't have a mentor, find one. And it doesn't matter how old you are. You all need a mentor. I don't, I don't care how smart you think you are. You need a mentor. I don't, how, how wise you already think you are. You probably need one. And, uh, and specifically to the older members, we are children. We young people are children and we need your help. We need your advice. Uh, teach us from a place of love. Try not to hammer us down too much, please. But, uh, yeah. And younger members. Be open to the wisdom of your elders. Don't assume you've already got it all figured out and that you're fine and actually... Uh, crap, what's his name? Who's the podcast guy? Joe Rogan, yeah. Don't assume you've got... Joe Rogan's going to keep you handled. Like, whatever. Sorry, this is going off rails. Uh, don't assume you have all the answers. Uh, seek godly people who will tell you what they think and not what you want to hear. Uh, and to everyone, uh, seek the wisdom only God can provide. Ask when you pray. Like, literally ask him. All you have to do is ask. He's a good dad. He will listen. Trust that he's listening and that he hears you. You know, human fathers 
you know, especially with their younger children, they might get tired of listening to their kids kind of go on and on about whatever topic they're obsessed with, if that's like Pokemon or Frozen or Encanto, whatever. Like, you know, at some point they stop caring because they're not interested, right? The amazing thing about God is that he's always interested in what you have to say, always. And he will never tire of hearing you speak to him. That's like what he, that's, I don't know if this is true, but I feel like that's what he wants more than anything. Um, so when you do talk to him, ask for guidance. Ask for discipline. The beginning of wisdom is to seek it. And that's the sermon, I guess. Yeah. <laughs>